Women of Science and Music, 30 Celebrations, Episode 5, A Sense of Engineering. There's many a lass of the scientist clan that has followed her brief in the field. She has sworn, she has cursed, been ignored and abused, but a scientist never can yield. I am Frances M. Lynch, the Artistic Director of Electric Voice Theatre, and you are very welcome to the fifth episode in our podcast series, Women of Science and Music, 30 Celebrations. We leave behind our music by Mary Maxwell Campbell to enter the world of engineering through the voices of six engineers from Essex whose experiences span a century. Florence Attridge from Marconi's, voiced by Emily Peplow from Chelmsford Civic Theatre. Aeronautical engineer Baroness Platt of Rittle, voiced by Electric Voice Theatre's Margaret Cameron. Kay Silver from Essex and Suffolk Water. Sarah Clay and Ingrida Uraita from BAE Systems. And Mariam Imani from Anglia Ruskin University. They are accompanied by sounds of their industries, supplied by Essex Records Office, and some made by the voices of children from Greenock. I asked the engineers to describe their work through the five senses. My name is Florence Atridge and I work at Marconi's New Street Winding Shop making radio sets. Beryl Platt, Baroness of Rittle. During World War II, I was an aircraft engineer. Sarah Clay. Ingrida Uraita. I'm a simulation scientist. I lead a communications and monitoring group for BAE Systems. My name is Kay Silver. My name is Dr. Maria Mimani. I am a chartered mechanical engineer. I'm a senior lecturer in civil engineering at Anglia Ruskin University in Chelmsford in Essex. I work for Essex and Suffolk Water. Teaching future generations of civil engineers. I'm a member of Women in Engineering Society. You couldn't get more Essex than me. I was born in Chelmsford. I was born in Leon C. Been here all my life, living at number 60 Molsham Street since I was a kid. Went to school in Southend. With my mum and dad and my brothers Henry, George, William and little Fred. Married a childhood friend. So I live in Chelmsford. And settled in the village of Rittle. I live in Bewley. I live in Chelmsford and I work in Great Baddow, which is where my workplace is. I'm very proud of my origins. My home is River Park. I think of myself as an Essex girl made good. My first real job was working as a technical assistant at Hawker Sidley's top I secret. I with defence models, so I can't really talk about them very much. We were developing the Tempest aircraft with four propellers. Well, it sounds interesting when you hear it, but when you're actually doing it, it's less interesting. It was a bit boring doing the same finicky tasks day after day. It was designed to work better at higher altitudes than its predecessor, the Typhoon. Leaning over the benches until our backs ached and our fingers were sore. There were 60 men, all older than me. I was only 20. The only man in the room, the supervisor, was walking round making sure we had heads down and were getting on with the work. At first, they were very hostile and sceptical that I could do the work. We did sometimes grumble about getting paid less than the men. They tried to make me do menial jobs, like making the tea or typing, but I always refused. Even when I was wearing dirty overalls, I would try to look feminine. We all had to wear long white dresses, but no hats. I didn't like that at first. The Marconi building is the building that School of Science and Engineering is located. I got this British Empire medal and a letter from the king. 
but I can't tell you what it was for. It was top secret. Dad was a steel grinder. He got me the job at Marconi's. It's definitely still the same building that Marconi was working in. When I first went inside, I was amazed to find it was really a large shed. You don't realise when you live in Chelmsford that this is the birthplace of radio. I started off on the shop floor working on one of the long rows of benches. We were several feet apart, so not much chance for a good gossip. I joined the radio frequency department. My workplace is the same building where the Marconi Research Centre opened. We knew we were involved in something very important and secret. So we all had a great sense of pride and never breathed a word of what we did outside. It was top secret. All the uh, projects that we do are somewhat related to it. One of our most famous products is the tracking, telemetry and command processor. It enables communications and controls all the deep space. Historically relevant innovations are created still in the same buildings. It was top secret. I am standing in quite a big concrete yard. We built the aircraft inside giant hangars with huge folding doors. On one side of me are some slow sand filters which clean the water and they are like mini lakes. So it was pretty chilly in winter with the airfield outside. And the water goes in at the top and comes out a lot cleaner at the bottom. Scaffolding frames allowed us to climb up to the aircraft as we were working. And on the other side, a large metal machine where you put the dirty sand and it goes through a number of tanks which clean it. And there were always lots of tools lying about usually in the wrong place. So it's all very biological and sustainable. We were working as a team under pressure and I came to love all the smells and sounds. They were part of my daily life. It's a mechanical process. You just spray the sand with water and squirt the sand through a giant cyclone with some more water and it comes out the other end clean. Bench that pumps the water into the machine and students are able to see how the water level in the pipe changes. Trees all around the outside of it. There's big piles of sand in there. There are any leakages, any losses in the pipe system by measuring the head losses along the pipe, they are able to find any cracks or any problem. The, in the filters pipe start out looking like the most amazing swimming pool you could find with a sandy bottom, aqua blue. The pipe system, water supply system, is experiencing something around 20% water loss just due to leakage. Gradually, weed grows in them, so they look like little forests. So they're quite beautiful. Everybody, I think, has a sense of touching what, how it feels. It feels great. I very occasionally might pick up a set of spanners strength to handle the tools, which were big and heavy. Once in a blue moon, something really heavy needs lifting. Because they are designed to be used by men. Half the time, that's so heavy that nobody could lift it. You know, you use a machine to lift it. A lot of adjustments in the machine's buttons to press. I'm usually just using my brain. Clicking in the computer. My laptop. Some valves. Clipboard. To open and close. Stop touching from very hard to very soft things. It's in the hydraulics lab. With hard wooden floors and chairs. See a lot of interesting material. Steel. Even our hands get hard from winding copper wire and screwing bits of metal together. Concrete. It's more of a, a connection with the mathematical concept. Aggregates. And don't get me started on the lavatory paper. Sustainable buildings, sustainable materials. It's worse than what we use at home. We need to think about new materials. Music can be described with mathematical formulas. Recyclable I suppose every factory's got its own special smell. There's always the very pungent smell of oil and grease. It gets in my clothes. Welding has a sharp, acrid smell. 
I can smell it on them at home. The classroom smell is the wood smell. Almost like an autumny sort of smell. And when you open the window, we are surrounded by a green belt. The smell of wet earth. Maybe even a dust. Because we use a lot of chlorine to clean the machineries, that's the dominated smell in the lab. Coffee. No zony smell that you get when there's water. Other people's lunches. When you're making drinking water, you're starting from quite nice water, water that you'd be quite happy to swim in. Some of the girls aren't too particular about washing. It's different if you are in sewage treatment. They say it's bad for your skin having too many baths. Which is really interesting work. But I always have one every week. It's obviously a lot dirtier. It needs a lot more technical processes to clean it. They buy cheap perfume instead. When you're making things, sometimes oh, they're smelly. Oh, and underwear for the weekend. Well, they have to try to find husbands. If you do find one, you have to leave, of course, to get married. Almost scream in excitement when people actually solve a challenging problem. So you never know what sound you're going to get in that environment. Dumpers running backwards and forwards, bringing the dirty sand in, taking the clean sand out. There's an almighty sort of rushing noise from the sand washer. But that noise is like a white noise, you know, so which is quite monotonic. It may be a book or, or some um, It's funny, paper. when we are working sometimes there's a sound so of people concentrating, like they are doing are a school test or reading books in a library They're quite small water sounds, the sounds of water flowing, sometimes the sounds of motors running as you pump the water around. And then of course some sharp whisperings when things are going Like there's a sort of right. whooshing noise when the pumps start up. We have a machine called a flue that simulates an open channel, like a river. When you press the button to start the pump, it's quite steady. At the very same time, you have the sound of water flowing down as well. That's nice, actually. Usually, the sounds around me are office sounds. But once I was a supervisor for the secret work, I spoke quietly to the ladies. I think it worked better than shouting. We'd all grown up together as children. When so you, when I you knew just what to say to keep them doing their best. Um, we have things called non-return valves, which is almost like a flap in the pipe, and they will bang shut. So you sometimes get quite a percussive away on keys and crash on after the sort of whooshing. Hearing soft conversations from other people when they're talking. The echoes from the wooden floors and creaking chairs are suddenly very loud. Maybe a few beeps and boops from, from various computers. Like the voice of the supervisor barking out. So I don't have an awful lot of a connection with the outside world when I'm at work. We have mini waterfalls in effect. We have a lot of geese. A lot of ducks, a lot of swans. Seagulls. You get seagulls everywhere. That can unbalance things if there's too many of them. So we actually have a sounder in the middle of the site which puts out bird alarm During calls war, to try and stop sirens, them gathering. Warning us the bombers were coming. One terrible day, December 1944 it was. Marconi's was bombed by the Germans. Lots of nearby houses got hit and some people in the factory were killed. There were smashed glass and bricks everywhere. But my ladies were all safe, thank goodness. Though the smoke and ash left a bad taste in our mouths. We worked long hours to get our planes finished. It was so important for the war effort. So the strong tea we drank during the day kept us going. Strong coffee in the morning. Until we could go for a very welcome beer in the evening. Dark chili chocolate one day maybe sours and the other day is very sweet when you solve problems.
and then you get these chilies with spices of your life. Engineering is about problem solving, it's about design, it's about creating. I think people think engineering is not creative, but of course it is. Engineers shape the world. I think that really makes a lot of difference to how happy you are as a person. I believe happiness has a taste. If you feel that what you're doing has worth. The taste of that, I think, is the taste of life. For me, that is the biggest taste of my job. The taste of life. So I think it's engineers will save the world. The taste of happiness, that you, you manage to make human beings' life better. Generate electricity without destroying the atmosphere. It's been my life's mission to help younger women get into engineering. Find alternatives to hydrocarbon plastics. There is a power in women. It's in their nature. When the dots connected, they can do anything. It's all going to be the engineers who have to find the solutions and who will. I want to be an engineer. I'll have a fabulous career. Building bridges, ships and aeroplanes. Posters, bikes and video games. Explosions, strange bionic limbs. Controlling I Want to Be an Engineer by Frances M. Lynch, sung by children from Letham Primary School in Perth. Which brings us to the end of Episode 5, A Sense of Engineering, created to mark International Women in Engineering Day on the 23rd of June 2020. Many thanks to science historian Dr Patricia Farah, Emeritus Fellow of Clare College, Cambridge, for her invaluable contributions. And to Sarah Joy Maddow at Essex Records Office for helping us to find fabulous sounds from Essex. And to the children of All Saints Primary in Greenock for making some of their own. We'd like to thank the voices from history who were Margaret Cameron and Emily Peplow and our engineers from Essex, Sarah Clay, Ingrida Uraita, Marian Imani and Kay Silver. And of course, many thanks to you for listening. There are many more fascinating stories and music on minervascientifica.co.uk and you can find out more about us at electricvoicetheatre.co.uk or on our Twitter or Facebook sites. Do join us for episode 6 of Women of Science and Music, 30 Celebrations, when we will continue the theme of engineering in the shape of a magnificent woman who was both an engineer and a world-famous pilot. Oh,